Hi, this is Listener John, and welcome to Better Place Project, and this special edition featuring Better Place Badasses. Make the world a better place. Make the world a better place. Make the world. Special thanks to listener John from Austin, Texas for the introduction to this episode. By the way, we'd like to invite any and all of our listeners to introduce a future episode. We obviously can't guarantee everyone will be featured. Well, because, you know, we have millions and millions of listeners around the world and only so many episodes. But if you are interested, simply shoot us an email and you just might be featured. Email us at betterplaceprojectpodcast at gmail.com. And speaking of our millions and millions of listeners, we realize that you are the reason that we do do this show, and we can't thank you enough for coming back each week to share this journey with us. But one way you can really, really help us get the word out about the show is to give us a rating and even better, a review on Apple Podcasts. Why do we ask this? Because it's reviews from listeners like you that help move our shows up in the rankings, and it gets the show in front of a wider audience. So it only takes a minute, and we would be ginormously appreciative to any of you that can leave us a quick rating and, like I said, even a better quick review. Thank you in advance for that. Okay, we are on episode seven of season two. Last week, wow, what a show with Asim Kamisa about the power of forgiveness, and we've gotten so many amazing comments from some of you listeners out there that really were impacted by this episode. What were your thoughts, Aaron? Yeah, Azim blew me away with his story, and I'm so glad that he came on and had the courage to share that with us. I know he does a lot of public speaking, and he's done his TED Talk, which is really powerful, and his story is so important and unlike anything I've ever heard. The fact that he was able to find forgiveness and peace after experiencing such a deep tragedy and heartbreak in his life was really incredible. Yeah, just a remarkable story. For those that don't know the story, it was uh, in the mid-90s, his only son, Tariq, was murdered by a, he was delivering a pizza, 20 years old, and a 14-year-old kid in a gang initiation shot and killed him and Asim found it in his heart to not only forgive him but also mentor him and he tells this entire story he's written some books about the power of forgiveness his TED talk is Aaron as you mentioned has over a million views it's only 13 minutes long go watch that TED talk he appears in it with the grandfather of the son that killed his son and those two are best of friends. So go back and check that out, and we assure you, you will be moved. So, but getting on to today. Today should be fun. Aaron and I decided that it would be great to take a pause and focus on badasses all over the world who are doing little things to great things to making the world a better place. And we both decided we're going to come up with five or six for this. And Aaron, do you want to start or you want me to start? All right, I'll start. So someone that I discovered is named Adam Lowy, and he grew up on the back of a moving truck. 
And his family has a moving service called Lowy's Moving Service. And he discovered that every time he would help somebody move, they always had a ton of leftover uneaten food. And they were always just getting thrown out and tossed in a dumpster and just wasted. So he had the really great idea to collect the food and donate it to the hungry. Love it. Way to go, Adam. That's a great one to get us started. Okay, I am going to start with my first one is a guest that's on my huge wish list to have on the show, and that is Malala out of Pakistan. You guys have probably heard of her. She's huge, again, from Pakistan. The Taliban took over Pakistan many years ago, and they immediately said girls could no longer go to school. Well, this young girl protested, continued to read to younger kids and continued to study on her own. That ticked off the government because she was getting so much attention. In 2012, a masked man boarded her bus asking, hey, who's Malala? And when he discovered she was on the bus, he tried to assassinate her and shot her in the head and she survived. She went on to start the Malala Fund. She received a Nobel Peace Prize in 2014. I believe she's the youngest ever Nobel Peace Prize winner. She went on to graduate from Oxford in England, and she's just an overall badass example for women around the world and making the world a better place. So if any of you listeners out there have a connection to get Malala on the show, please do. Please. It should be awesome. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, I can't think of anyone more brave and cool than her. I mean, it's just incredible. And she's only, quick Google search, she's only 23 years old. There you go. Wow. Wow. 23 years old. I was a pretty much a knucklehead uh, guy playing in a (laughs) rock and roll band. So kudos to you, Malala. Come on the show and tell us your story, but we'll get her sooner or later. So who else you got, Aaron? Okay, so speaking of young people making the world a better place, Deja Taylor from Iowa is a senior in high school, and she came up with the idea of sutures that change colors to warn possible infections. So how they did that is after using the juice from nearly three dozen beets, Deja learned that the sutures worked when the color of the beet juice would turn from red to dark purple if a surgical wound were infected. Wow, how cool. And it's super cool. She's working on getting a patent for that right now, so doctors can actually use that. Awesome. Another young, and how old is she? Do you know, or just... She's senior. Wow. Another young badass out of Iowa. Good find, Darren. Okay, my next one was actually referred to by a listener and friend of the show, Which, by the way, all you listeners out there, please feel free anytime to send us a guest, somebody that's inspired you. If you think they'd be a good one to give a shout out on the show, whether on the Aaron and I are going to do this uh, Better Place Badass Edition every season now. So they'll at least get a mention on that show. Uh, Send us an email to betterplaceprojectpodcast at gmail.com if you have anybody you think would be a good fit. So my next one out of Houston, Texas, is Missy Bellinger. Her husband, unfortunately, was diagnosed with sarcoma cancer quite a few years ago on their second anniversary. 18 months later, unfortunately, he passed away. Now, Houston has the largest cancer center and the largest pediatric hospital in the world. 
After making a promise to her husband, Tom, Missy launched the Amshwand Sarcoma Foundation, which later became a shelter for cancer families. That's ASCF. And today, ASCF is the only organization in the Texas Medical Center that offers free tangible support to families affected by cancer, regardless of your age, your cancer type, treatment status, your income, and in ways that respect the privacy, dignity, and time of the families served. So for more information, you can go to cancerfamilies.org. But Missy, guys, I'm excited about this because I was so inspired by her story when my friend told me about her and I researched her that I reached out and she's going to be a guest on the show. So you will look for her in the next couple of weeks, our our, uh, interview with Missy Bellinger. I'm really looking forward to meeting her. Yes, she's an inspiration and a badass. You're up, Erin. So next on my list is Jane Elliott. She is an internationally known teacher, lecturer, and diversity trainer. And she is famous for that. um, It's called the blue eyes and brown eyes exercise. I remember hearing about that on Facebook a couple years ago. Yeah. And I had to watch this documentary a couple of times in school. Back in the day, in response to the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. in 1968, Jane devised the controversial and startling blue eyes, brown eyes exercise. And what it was is she labeled participants in her classroom as inferior or superior based solely upon the color of their eyes and exposes them to what it's like to be a minority in our country. Mm -hmm. She still to this day does different workshops and lectures and has several other videos and she's worked with people of all ages and that video that experiment in particular is so fascinating to me um so she decided that the kids in her class with brown eyes um would get to go to lunch earlier have longer recess and all that and the blue-eyed kids did not get those privileges and the change was instant for those kids like all of a sudden the kids with brown eyes were more confident and condescending to the other kids and it's wild what a lesson for them to then look back upon on how ridiculous just discrimination is based on a feature it's uh wow and this was back in the 60s very very yeah today there would be some ethical problems if a teacher did that in her classroom you know but um, i would hope not if i mean that to me is a, a an assignment that's still valid today as long as she's being open and honest with the kids and 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 not tricking them. But but as long as somebody did that exercise today and said, okay, for the next two days, the, the people with blonde hair, uh, you know, are inferior and the people with brown hair get special privileges to sit in front of the class and get a treat or whatever. As long as it's open and disclosed what the experiment it is, I would hope it would still fly today. I would hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she reversed it as well. So then the next day, the blue eyed kids were the privileged ones and the brown eyed kids were the minorities. And yeah, super interesting. It just goes to show that we don't really know what it's like to to experience what other people are going through unless we were put in a situation like that and being treated differently. So super interesting. Totally. I love it. Great one, Aaron. Okay, let's move on. I am going back to local now here in Southern California. This one is extra special for me, and I know you too, Aaron, once you hear who it is. We want to send a shout out to local Southern California badasses John and Kim Weiner and their daughters, Samantha and Casey. 
They are friends of ours that lived on our street for quite a few years. Their daughter, Casey, is one of Aaron's best friends in the whole world, and she's been almost like a second daughter to me growing up, as she was always over at our house, and she now is just an outstanding young woman in her own right. And Casey's older sister, Samantha, unfortunately, many years ago was diagnosed with leukemia at, I think, around 18 months to two years old. And long story short, Kim and John did everything in their power to save Samantha with the procedures and technology that were available at that time. Unfortunately, uh, well, fortunately, Samantha is still with us, and but with the seizures and everything she went through all those years, she's left with lifelong disabilities. And John, Kim, and Casey have just been such an inspiration, and Samantha, of course, such an inspiration to our family. They're very active in the Pediatric Cancer Research Foundation, and I definitely want to send a shout-out to them as well because they simply do extraordinary work. I'm going to keep using extraordinary, I think, in every episode, Aaron. But you will find them at PCRF hyphen kids.org that's pcrf-kids.org so hats off to pcrf and the whiners badasses right here in southern california yeah i'm glad that you mentioned them because they are just the sweetest family and their foundation pcrf is really special and close to our heart so we definitely want to give pcrf a shout out definitely who you got next aaron Alrighty. My next one is Miley Cyrus. She founded the Happy Hippie Foundation, which works to support and provide resources to young people who are experiencing homelessness or identify as LGBTQ. According to the foundation's official website, the program areas include prevention, crisis, response to meet basic immediate needs, support services to build long-term well-being, and public education to engage young people globally in systemic change through fundraising and awareness campaigns. Wow. So I really like that foundation. Yeah, Miley Cyrus. I did not see that coming. That's pretty cool. I had no idea she had a foundation like that. So that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's really great when celebrities use their platform and fan base to spread the word of other people's needs. I think that's really awesome. Totally agree. All right. Well, moving along, I have another one. Gosh, I, I... We're coming up with a lot of young people, and this is someone that 99.9% of Americans, I think, didn't know who she was, including me, prior to January 20th or 21st, Amanda Gorman, who was 22 years old at the time. I think she's 23 now, but she is the poet that read the poem at the President Biden inauguration, and the poem is called The Hill We Climb. And, oh, my gosh, I don't know, if Aaron, if you have seen the video or watched this poem. Yes. Wow. Her words just completely inspired a nation. And, again, a 22-year-old African-American, just very, very powerful, powerful words. And I wanted to read the last part of that poem real quick. We were left with every breath, my bronze-pounded chest. We will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-limbed hills of the west. We will rise from the windswept to northeast where our forefathers first realized the revolution. We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the Middle Western states. We will arise from the sun-baked south. We will rebuild, reconcile, and recover and every known nook over our nation and every corner called our country. 
Our people diverse and beautiful will emerge battered and beautiful. When day comes, we step out of the shade of flame and unafraid. The new dawn balloons as we free it. For there was always light. If only we're brave enough to see it. If only we're brave enough to be it. Wow. Oh, I love it. I'm so glad that you brought her up because she is like one of my favorite people right now since the inauguration. Oh, and another one on my wish list. So I uh, haven't made an a- yeah. attempt to reach. I didn't even try to reach out to her the last couple months because I'm sure, you know, I'm, we're not going to be able to compete right now with, you know, CBS News and, uh, and BBC. But eventually when things calm down, hopefully we can reach out and get her on the show as well. Yeah, I just found out she was the first poet ever to be on the cover of Vogue magazine. What? I did yeah, not I just know saw that, that the other day. Yeah, she's yeah. just gone up through the stratosphere. What talk about life changing event? She'll be talking about <laughs> right. that, and we'll all be talking about that for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so uh, I just have to bring up Matthew McConaughey and his Just Keep Living Foundation, which I just found out about it. It was founded by Matthew McConaughey and his wife Camilla with the mission to empower high school students by providing them with the tools to lead active lives and make healthy choices for a better future. The foundation has set up fitness and wellness programs in Title I schools where students might not otherwise have the opportunity to learn about the body and mind connection. And I thought that was really cool. And I also just am a huge fan of Matthew McConaughey. So when you told me about this episode idea, I originally thought we were just going to talk about celebrities or well-known people. So that's how I found this. But I'm a fan of Matthew McConaughey because in all his interviews, he just has so many of his own metaphors and phrases, and it's really entertaining to listen to. Okay, now that one doesn't surprise me at all. Matthew McConaughey, gosh, just has a reputation for being just not only a great actor, but just a all-around incredible human being. I hadn't heard much about his foundation, but doesn't surprise me at all that uh, that he's got one and doing good things for charity. So thank you for shining a light on uh, his charity. Sounds like they're doing great work. Yeah, and I also just wanted to give a shout out to him because I think he's just an awesome person and he's just really entertaining and charismatic and just say it he's handsome and gorgeous I know all you women love Matthew McConaughey it's no, okay well, to I say just it. I think it's funny that he is like his own demeanor and way of talking like all of his phrases and everything that he says is just all right all right all right yeah it's just really really great yep just a good guy He's definitely a better place badass. So, hey, Aaron, why don't you get him on the show? That's your <laughs> next, next task for uh, for next week. Hey, don't laugh. Someday. We can make that happen. Someday, exactly. <laughs> okay, my next one is kind of a, uh, uh, not necessarily a celebrity, but her name is Abigail Disney, and we all know her last name because, yes, she is from the Disney family, and she's also somebody that I would love to get on the show because she's just wicked cool, and she's essentially the heir or one of the heirs to the Disney empire. 
and she admits, you know, she's had an easy life that that she made this money through her family. And but she did a really, really cool video out that was out on Facebook that about this recent tax break given by uh, the previous administration to the rich. And she came out strongly saying, hey, I'm in the one percent. We don't need this. The rest of America needs this, not me. And she fought it. And I just love it. She's a little pit bull. And we have reached out to her organization called the Daphne Foundation, and they invest in and empower community residents directly affected by poverty, violence, discrimination, to develop solutions that result in a more equitable, fair, and peaceful New York City. So Abigail, come on the show and talk about what you're doing. But regardless, we wanted to give her a shout out because she's just awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm super, you know this about me, but I'm a Disney yes. super fan. <laughs> Season pass holder. You have been going for years. Yes. Every year, and so. I know it's way too much money. It's ridiculous. But I uh, I just love Disneyland. It's so much fun. And it's just a time and a place where you can just be a kid and enjoy yourself. So I'm a big fan of that. Cool. What's your next one? That's it. Oh, did we already go through five? Oh, because I have, oh, I forgot I do. I have one bonus one that I wanted to throw out there, and that is Paul Rusesabagina. Paul is, you may all remember him, the movie Hotel Rwanda from back in the mid-90s. He was the original hero that basically saved over 1,200 people, 1,200 people's lives during the genocide by hiding them and keeping them in his hotel that he was managing. So that whole movie with Don Cheadle that won a bunch of Academy Awards, this was about him. And for those of you that hasn't, haven't been listening this, uh, this season, I tried to reach out to him and learn that he had been in prison since last August. He was kidnapped by the Rwandan government and has been wrongfully imprisoned in an unjust trial. We ended up having an incredible episode, which I believe was our first episode of season two, was it not, Aaron? Mm -hmm. I think we, yeah, launched the season with it. But with uh, his two adopted daughters, Anais and Corinne, who came on the show and, and talked about all that's happened. And he's still in prison. You can keep in up to date on this. The trial is still going on. It's a sham trial, but you can keep up to date by going to hrrfoundation.com. And we will have that link in the episode notes as well. But I would love when Paul is out of prison and they're putting pressure on the U.S. government and to the State Department and to President Biden to force Rwanda politically to release him. And one of my goals for this year is for us to have Paul Rusesabagina on the show as a free man to talk about his experience there. Yeah, I'm really hoping our interview with Anais and Kareen can help shed a light on what's going on and hopefully we can help free Paul Rusesabagina. Yes, and speaking of that, I forgot to mention to please go to the HRR Foundation website and sign the petition to bring Paul home, as I can think of very few people around the world who are more qualified to be called a better place badass than Paul Recessabagina. Okay, this concludes our very first edition of Better Place Badasses. Again, if you have someone you would like us to highlight, please send us an email to betterplaceprojectpodcast at gmail.com. Until then, we'll see you next time. Special thanks to all the Better Place badasses in this episode. 
You can find more information about them or their foundations in the show notes of this episode. Thanks to our producer, Noah Existe, and editor, Joe Tompoco. Our music was written and performed by Nadie Importante. Thank you so much for listening. If this podcast brightened your day in any way, please subscribe and leave us a review. If you have a suggestion for a guest or simply have suggestions on how we can improve our show, please send us an email to betterplaceprojectpodcast at gmail.com. Look for small ways to be kind to others this week, and that will help make the world a better place. 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 Make the world.